And welcome to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation. Uh, this one is another one without coffee. Uh, yeah. We're going smoothies today, um, mostly because it's 6.30. I don't need to be awake until 2 in the morning, and the coffee can have that effect on my system. So um, smoothies provided today by Neil Skupski, the much more uh, better looking of the Skupski brothers. Arguable. Um, no, yeah. I mean... Listen, as a dad myself, I know what that does to, you know, the, the, just the facial structure. I mean, it just <laughs> takes everything out of you. Uh, so I, I certainly understand that Ken's gone through a lot. Yeah, especially kids. with his, uh, his great hairs that he's got right now. Yeah, listen, he's, uh, it's going to happen to everybody there, Neil. I mean, you're not going to be able to avoid that in your life. Well, I'm going to... I won't be having three kids very soon. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, no, that, that certainly <laughs> hasn't... Yeah. Uh, thank you, you for you the smoothie, by the way. You're welcome. Um, you guys get a, a lot of, of credit onto your your credential. Yeah, um, I mean, talking about coffee, I mean, I'm the w I could be having coffee at nine thirty at night. That's not that's not keeping me awake. It is amazing how we in the states uh -huh. uh, we just can't do that, but everywhere else in the world, coffee at nine o'clock night, no problem. You still get to sleep. Why yeah. is what's wrong with us? I think there's I think it's just mental. I think you think so. A lot of the time, it's if you have caffeine or. Uh, I'm not going to be able to sleep, but I, I heard it, someone told me there's a there's a report out that some people have tea at night. Uh -huh. There's as much caffeine in tea than it is in coffee. Yes. Um, so I don't I don't find ha drinking coffee at 9:30 or just after dinner affects me. Um, so that's normally a, a ritual for me and Ken also. After dinner, a little uh, cortado or what you say over here, piccolo. Piccolo. Um, yeah, small coffee with a, a dash of dash of milk that that gets the job done for us. I I I've gotten to a flat white. Okay. <laughs> like it's, this yeah. is, this has been a good year and a half learning curve for me okay. to go from like a, a sugared up latte Oof. thing to a flat white mm -hmm. with maybe one sugar, maybe. It's still spoiling it. I know, but it's <laughs> it's listen, we can limit it. Progress. Yeah. I think it's it's something. Um, you have a couple of wins in in the bag now on the mix side, uh, mm -hmm. of which I've been lucky enough to call. Um, for people who don't really have a good grasp of the mixed double scene, how does that work? Because it seems in some ways almost like it's um, a, a reward for having accomplished something on the on the men's side or the women's side, whichever it may be, and then you have this opportunity to to play an additional tournament. In, at the Grand Slams. Yeah, exactly. This is my f obviously my first um, getting into the main draw on my ranking. Yeah. Um, normally, I've only played mixed doubles at Wimbledon, where I've got a wild card. Um, but yeah, I've, my ranking's been good enough this year. I'm playing with a girl called Maria Jose Martinez Sanchez, who I played world team tennis with. Um, so that's the kind of connection I've got there going. So we decided. I messaged her in December, mm. trying to get in there early because she normally plays with uh, Marcelo de Molina. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, his ranking's a little bit low at the moment. Um, so we've been we paired up and just given it a go. We've played pretty well recently. We've won the our last the last two days. Day off tomorrow before possibly uh, playing against the number one seeds and defending champions Pavic and Dabrowski, but they're yet to play. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But yeah, I mean. The mixed doubles, I think it's just find a partner, <laughs> very last minute, sign really? up, and then, I mean, there's obviously a few, few like Jamie Murray and Matic Sands play together yeah. quite a bit, but apart from that, if you're outside the top 10, it's basically 
put your name down, put the number down next to your <laughs> name and just uh, drop them a little message and see what happens? It's, um, it's such an interesting dynamic because I, I don't get exposed to it, obviously, except for the slams as well. Um, there's so much expected from the man. Like, if you don't take care of your business, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a, lot, a lot of weight to shoulder. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've, we've played two matches now, and we've been broken once, and that was me today. Um, and Marie is actually serving first for the team. Yes. Um, so yesterday it was a bit of a mistake because uh, she actually told me after the first game that she was going to serve first. Okay. Um, because of the sun. Right. So we thought we'd try and change that today. Well, I thought so anyway. Um, so we we lost the toss and they deferred, which was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> so we chose to uh, serve first and then they decided to change ends. And I was like, here we go. Maria's gonna have to serve first again. <laughs> so I was gonna get a few comments from the in, in the dressing room again, but she's she's held her own. She's hasn't been broken yet. Um, I was broken, unfortunately, but yeah, when you lose serving mixed doubles, um, obviously everyone looks at you thinking, oh, the man should never get broken. Yeah. But it happens because you you, you think about it more. Yes. Um, when you're thinking about serving, your rhythm goes, and you take a little bit of pace off, and the girl can get it back. The, um, there are no mugs these days. The, the ladies, they uh, they can definitely play, and it's... it's uh, it can be tough, but luckily we've got through the first two rounds and we keep uh, keep going. Do you enjoy it, or are, are you? I mean, it seems like you guys are smiling quite a bit, enjoying yeah. the process. But how how do you find that mix between enjoyment, having fun, and also the competitive juices flowing? Yeah, I actually I love playing mix because I'm I'm a lot more relaxed. Yeah. Um, and then playing on the obviously the the men's doubles, it's a little bit more seriously. Um, there's ranking points involved in men's doubles, nothing in mixed. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, you got to try and keep the girl happy, try and make her relax because some girls can get quite tight playing, obviously against a man. Mm. Um, but Maria's she's held her own. She's very uh, very handsy. I, ca I call her the the female version of Jamie Murray. Mm. Um, lefty swinger. She's uh, chipping and charging. Her court Think awareness is amazing. Unbelievable. I mean, she's hitting drop shots off uh, off serves yeah. like, as a return. Yeah. I mean, I, I never think of doing that. <laughs> I mean, uh, probably in a, a practice match or something, but in a match, she's uh, she's incredible. Um, but yeah, I've had I've had a few good partners in the past. I've played with uh, Flipkins. She's mm -hmm. another one that plays really well. Um, I played with Naomi Brody, who's. Um, Big serve, which also helps in mixed doubles. Um, also, a more attractive si sibling. That's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got that in common with her. Yeah, I mean, Liam's—he's struggling right now, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's uh, a lot of different ways. Well, come on, he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> well. At least he—he's uh, cut his hair anyway, because that yeah. was—that was—that was shocking. Yeah. Um, he needs. I think he needs to change to uh, shaving his chest next, because that was—that's a bit much. <laughs> but yeah, he's—he's he's doing all right. Um, and then next, I think. With the likes of Lisa Raymond, yeah, uh, unbelievable player, multiple Grand Slam winner, um, and yeah, I just, I just think mixes. You can relax, play a few, play a few nice shots, try and get the crowd involved, but the main thing is to keep the the girl happy. 
The second week, uh, and I, I've only gotten to get to the second weekend once myself in my commentating career. Okay. Um, <laughs> the second week just has a different feel. Yeah. Um, and, and it seems like the first few days, especially, and, and especially the weekend before the tournament starts, it is crazy. Just so many people, you're, you're, you feel like you're constantly trying to catch up with different people. Uh, I see that where I'm able to mingle with you guys. Mm -hmm. What's it like here, second week? Um, I know you haven't had the <laughs> most experience yeah, with it, but it, it, it... This will be my first opportunity <laughs> at it. Um, but yeah, it's just, I've, I've done it before at Wimbledon, and it's, it's kind of scary because you're, at the start of the week, the lines, the queues for like food and the change rooms are packed and then it's like a ghost town the, w the second week. Yeah. Um, obviously, you want to be doing that more often and you get used to it uh, so it's not um, different but it, it is kind of strange like seeing you at the end of tournaments and it's just you and like Rafa and <laughs> right. Roger uh, sitting at the next table. Um, it obviously means you're playing well. It's yeah. uh, Rather, you wanted to be doing it at every Grand Slam, it, but it's the same with at tournaments as well. There's pretty much when, uh, luckily, uh, I play men's doubles. I have a partner to play with. Sometimes when you get to finals at the ATP level, there's only two guys left, and they're, they're searching for people to to hit with in the morning. Right. The uh, I've seen in the challenger level, some of the guys actually hit with each other. Right. Um, but yet it is uh, it is kind of strange. Um, and yet, hopefully I can do it more often. It's been a crazy path for me watching you come up. I remember uh, the first time I saw you, and I think you and I have talked about this, was Sarasota 2014. Okay. Um, seeing you partner with your brother. Yeah. Um, it was the same tournament. I, I, I also saw for the first time Kyrgios and Kokonakis. So I'm, I, I lump you okay. in with them. 2014. So is that when we lost to Brody and Bambridge? That, see, I, okay, see that I don't actually remember. Uh, it was either that or we, yeah, we went back to back two weeks playing Bambridge and Brody, mm. having match points both weeks and losing both. That was, that was a killer. <laughs> um, I think Ken was thinking of quitting after them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say I, I watched it and I'm thinking to myself, you know, Ken's a little bit established, mm -hmm. you know, is he taking a flyer on playing with his brother for a little bit of time? And, yeah. and now you've, you've kind of found your own path while still playing with your brother. And how, how has that dynamic between the two of you changed in that span? Yeah, I mean, obviously when I came onto the tour after um, graduating from LSU, um, at the time I was probably around 800 and Ken was in the top 100, and he just split up with his partner, J uh, Jimmy Delgado. Um, and it was coming to the grass court season, where we actually played a couple of futures together mm. and won them. One in, uh, one in England and one in Italy on clay, which is a bit of a surprise. <laughs> um, there's not many of them titles. Um, but yeah, we got to the grass court season, got a wild card into the challenger, uh, lost in the final to Jamie Murray and John Piers, who have obviously gone on to great things together and also separately. Um, and yeah, it was actually a, a big call from Ken to start playing with me. Mm. Um, but it actually worked out in the end. We, we won four challenges that year. Um, had match points in the final of Moscow uh, in the ATP in my first ever ATP 250 event. Um, and ever since, Ken's felt a little bit um, like he owes me one because we lost that. Mm. Um, 
but obviously last year in 2018 we got our first ATP title together in, in Montpellier um, that's coming up again in a couple of weeks so yeah. it'd be nice to go back obviously we want to defend the title but it's obviously you'll have a nice feeling going back to the tournament that you've your first one um, but yeah I've obviously Ken's he's got three kids now so he's playing a lot less uh, probably playing about 25 weeks of the year um, so I'm taking the opportunity to go out and play with other guys just to just for the f in the future um, Ken obviously Ken will stop one day trying to put myself in like the shop window so mm -hmm. one because at the moment not many people <coughs> come up to me and ask me to play yeah because they don't want to get step on Ken's shoes I mean some do I won't mention <laughs> names um, but it's it has been fun for me to try and get away from Ken a little bit but I can relax more because I'm playing with Ken you kind of you want to do so well because we're brothers yeah um, so we kind of sometimes get on each other a little bit more than I would with a different partner I saw it in it was Sarasota this past year you guys lost in the quarters if I remember correctly yeah, we lost. Who did we lose to? A law. Um, law, yes. Was it law? No, it wasn't King law. King and Reese. King and Reese, yeah. I think we won the first set, and then it changed. Obviously, it's doubles. You you dominate for the first fifty minutes, and then yeah. you lose the last ten, and it, it's it, over. It seemed like there was a dynamic. Like you guys were really pressing, and uh, there was yeah. just that little bit of. Uh, I yeah, mean, I, I mean hate to make too much about a brotherly, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think that that was one of our. You say one of our bad days. Um, obviously, you go into it thinking, because we were the much higher-ranked team, um, you go into think you don't lose this match. Yeah. And then you get into the situation where the guys actually play well, they play better, they get confidence, um, and then they get into a position where they can win. They they free up, and we get a lot. We tense up a little bit because everyone's kind of watching, like our oh, Scottish brothers are about to lose. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that wasn't didn't go down too well, um, but yeah, I mean we're we're old enough now. We we can talk things over. There's a lot less times that happens, um, and I think Ken's maturing as he's he's getting older with having the three kids. He's uh, mellowed a lot, um, and he's kind of let me do my own thing now because in the past he's kind of told me what to do. Yeah, um, he's trying to coach me a little bit. Um, but then that's where we have arguments when he's trying to coach me and I disagree and then he, we kind of, we fall out for probably five minutes and then we, uh, we go back to normal. <laughs> but then that's where we, that's where a coach will help us in the past. Well, yeah. When we go home, we have a couple of guys that we work with. Um, rather than me and Ken talking about it, we can talk to the coaches and like a, it's like a little divide between us. They can, we can talk it out. And then we have obviously Louis Louis Kaye Grand Slams, um, who we who we love being with. He's a fountain of knowledge, um, and he helps out all the uh, the doubles guys when we're over here. What's funny is you say Ken's the one maturing, and if if you want to have some smoothie, I mean, don't feel like you can't drink your smoothie. No, it's okay. Right. I, I'm good. I mean, you got time. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the beauty of this particular podcast. If you need to drink, go for it. Um, I think you've matured quite a bit. You seem to me, um, finally somebody else comes into this little player area yeah. that we, um, but it seems like you, I, my first memories of you were, were kind of a little bit energetic yourself. Um, and now you, me and Luke Bambridge, we were just sitting around <laughs> yesterday 
and you're just sitting there, and, uh, to use a cliche, like a proper British gentleman, just kind of dignified, quiet, dry with your humor, and Bambo's kind of like a rabbit and just like firing jokes and, and things like that. And I, I think that translates as well on court. You are you're like right now, very relaxed, calm. Mm -hmm. Same thing shows to me on court. And I, I'm wondering if you have that appreciation for the maturity that you've also had come into your life. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, coming out of going to, going to college for four years at LSU, you're uh, you're quite immature. You shout and come on after every point, mm. um, and you you could over you could probably go outside and see which guys went to college. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> actually, the f like for three <laughs> years coming out of college, they're all hyper and all pumped up. Um, but then you've got to, I've been on the tour five or six years now, and you have got to mature, you've got to know when to say come on, you've got to stay calm, because it, if you're up and down, your heart rate will go up and down, and then that'll affect your game. Yeah. So you've got to try and, try and stay as um, calm as possible. On the other hand, like someone like Luke Bembridge, he is kind of a, quite a hyper guy, I think needs to be, pumped up all the time yeah. to play well because uh, I think he if he's a, b a lot more mellow then I don't think his game would be as, as good as he is at the moment he's him and Johnny have been playing really good recently yeah um, they've jumped up the rankings in the last 12 months I'd say mm -hmm. maybe even 10 months because it kind of happened just before the grass court season I think yeah um, and then They've escalated very quickly. They've they could have won a, a close match this week against Bruno Suarez and Jamie Murray. Um, but yeah, they, them two are they're st they're still quite fiery. Um, but I think that keeps them going. I think I think one of them may have to mellow at some point. Yeah. But both of them being quite fiery, that could cause a bit of it has caused a bit of chaos in the past. Um, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about them. Yeah. Bambo's already had his podcast. <laughs> this is about Neil Skupski. Okay. Um, but look, I mean, you've got the, the very nice watch. Yep. Um, Present of the parents. <laughs> the hair is, uh, is always perfect. <laughs> I, I mock it a little bit in the commentary, but it, yeah, I, mean, I, I have had yeah, a few comments I mean, back. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's what it's there for. Yeah. Um, but it seems like there's a style that you also kind of want to project. Is that is that an accurate assessment that I make? Yeah, you could say so. I mean, I, I have been told recently that I need to be a lot more cocky hmm. or walk around like I own the place a little hmm. bit more. Um, but that's not really my personality to do that. Um, I'm more la laid back and quite quiet. Um, but I do obviously like to try and look nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've always done my hair. Um, a lot of people say, oh, you're in the mirror for like 10 minutes doing your hair. <laughs> That's not the case. It probably takes about 15 seconds to do. Yeah. Because it has been mastered. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like to obviously dress up nice and um, have a coffee and talk about things. Um, but in the past, I probably wouldn't do that. I probably shy away from that and hmm. not open up and talk about stuff um, but yeah I'm getting better at it um, but I still need to obviously as my ranking goes up um, try and get this persona that I'm one of the top dogs it in the doubles game there. exactly um, I think towards the end of 2018 winning my first 
ATP 500 in Vienna with, with Joe Salisbury. That's kind of give me um, the mentality that I can perform on the big stage. Yeah. Um, and it, it's I'm get, I'm having good success from it. I'm, I feel very confident right now. Um, ever since them tournaments in the, in the, um, the the latter half of 2018, it's kind of tells me that I do belong. I've beaten the top guys. I've probably beaten beat the Mike Bryan, Kubat Mello towards the end of last year. All the top guys that have been number one in the world. Yeah. Um, be continent peers who were number one for a while. This year with Carl Edmund. So it's I've come into this season with good form. Um, and it has been good. Normally I wouldn't do a pre-season away from home. I'd normally do it with Ken. Mm. This year I did it in the Bahamas with Kyle Edmund for 10 days, um, trying to see what the top guys do. So I can do that in next year, so I can prepare better. Yeah. Then I did a uh, 10 days in Boca with all the doubles guys from Great Britain. Louis Kaye came, came along. It was good to see how Jamie Murray um, practices. He's so... He's very precise in what he wants to work on rather than just doing sporadic things. Yeah. Um, so it was good to see something, or someone that's been to number one in the world um, practice. So I can take that on board. Um, and yeah, I can try and, obviously Ken wasn't there because with his kids. So it, it is nice to get away from him, see what the other people's, people are doing and then bring it back to Ken to try yeah. and develop our games. You also um, spend a lot of time in Baton Rouge, I Louisiana. Do, yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, Probably not enough. Some <laughs> some may say, so one person at the very <laughs> least may yeah. say that. Um, but yeah, it, for people who don't know, uh, yeah. obviously you have the college tie to LSU. Yeah, you also have a, a partner who is is there. Um, it just seems like the most odd combination of a a proper British gentleman <laughs> in the swamps of Louisiana. Yeah, it's uh, so we met in. I don't even know her name. In Baton Rouge, Cambry. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So she's a she's a full time nurse. She's working three nights a week in Baton Rouge General. Um, and yeah, we've been together nearly nine years now. We are engaged. Yeah. Some uh, may think we should be married by now, but yeah, it has been pretty tough with the uh, with my always being away and stuff, and my family living in Liverpool and finding a date when we can bring everything together um, I think it's getting closer um, so we'll see what happens on on that front um, but yeah we've we've been together nine years uh, I try and get there as much as possible it is kind of difficult with schedule wise yeah with playing because Ken's obviously living in Liverpool she's in Baton Rouge um, so we try and I'll play as much as possible when I'm not with Ken in the States um, then I'll try and push Ken to um, try and play in the States for a couple of weeks yeah. and then he can go back home um, but as the rankings going up the scheduling's getting better I'm having more weeks off rather than playing challenger events Yeah. Um, so it, the better I get the obviously the more money right. I, can, I, can, I can afford to go back and forth um, but yeah but it's Louisiana like it's that's what's so I, oh, I have a yeah, very yeah. If if you're not from the states, if you're looking, you know, listening, and you're in Great Britain or, yeah. or wherever, the typical thought process of everybody outside of that area is that Louisiana is this swamp town, you know, swamp state with mm -hmm. 
uh, uneducated people. Um, that that's just the general perception. So okay. I, I know obviously that that's a gross generalization. Yeah, Don't pretty, get me wrong. That was pretty bad. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know, but you know, that's just kind of yeah. Duck Dynasty, for God's sakes. Mm -hmm. How do you fit in there? I wouldn't say it was like Duck Dynasty. <laughs> uh, it's very, very different yeah. to that. I yeah. would say it's um, Baton Rouge has improved a lot yeah. in the last few years. Um, obviously, people do look at me sometimes. Sure. From what I'm wearing, so I kind of have to think about what I'm packing <laughs> when I do go to Baton Rouge. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Baton Rouge is evolving. It's I think it's, it is coming more like the fashion is changing. Hmm. It's coming a bit like England now. Um, even though I did bring the fashion ten years ago when I was in college, and sure. they were laughing at me. Yeah. Now them guys are starting to wear <laughs> tight jeans and uh, nice shirts. Um, but yeah, I think eventually, I don't think I'll, I'll I will be living in Baton Rouge. Uh, I think we'll probably move somewhere um, like a Texas with a bigger airport. No, not Texas, Florida, bigger airport. Because um, Baton Rouge, small airport, you can't yes. really fly internationally. You can go to probably Atlanta and right. Charlotte or Dallas. You can go to the probably three or four. That's not going to help me much it playing on the on the tour. It gets segments though. I mean, it does get it segments. It does get segments for one world. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I, do, I don't mind that, um, but it doesn't help my uh, my cause and sure. staying healthy and stuff. Um, so I wouldn't, we wouldn't mind moving with her job. Obviously, being a nurse, she can she can be flexible. Um, there's even talk of maybe maybe possibly her moving to England for a couple mm -hmm. of years. Um, so I'm trying to sneak that in a little bit more and more. Um, do you appreciate the sacrifice that she makes? I mean, uh, it. It's one thing for somebody who's you're ranking on the single side, uh -huh. maybe a, a wife, a girlfriend, fiance, whatever, might be able to travel yep. um, with you. It's quite a sacrifice if somebody has to stay at home. Yeah, I, I actually don't know how she's done it <laughs> for nine years. Well, probably the six years I was in college for three. Yeah, um, she's been she's been very good. She's uh, been very supportive of my tennis. Um, she's slowly getting more and more tennis on TV and watching it a little <laughs> bit more because um, I forced her to um, but yeah I mean it's she's done a great job I and mean, obviously a lot of people would say oh, why are you still staying with him and but we have, we have we do have a good relationship we get on really well um, and yeah I mean she she enjoys coming to England coming to Wimbledon mm. um, she doesn't enjoy she enjoys the English culture she doesn't enjoy the English weather sure um, which probably a lot of people wouldn't either. I don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going back to Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge is very different to, to Liverpool, where I'm living. Yeah. Um, but I think eventually our, th our thing is to move, and hopefully the family, both families, will support that. Um, and it's obviously will depend on how successful I am in on the doubles tour. Would the following players please report to the match call area for your escort to court? Women's Singles Championship. Ooh. Simona Hallop. Yes. Serena Williams. Yeah. Good match. All right. Uh, yeah, Hallop Williams would be all right. Yeah, Williams is the first time she's played a world number one since... Since her baby, right? Since her baby, yeah. Yeah. It's be a good match. Well, we might have to go watch that at some... I mean, I'm, I might throw that on telly. You may. Possibly. <laughs> I don't get single uh, uh, matches. I might not. <laughs> I don't get singles matches in the second week, so oh, I don't really okay. pay much attention. 
You know, probably, you, I'm going to have to edit that out. Probably. You probably wouldn't want to watch me play singles anyway. <laughs> I think I might. <laughs> um, so w the last double specialist we did a podcast with, I think it was Bambo? I think that's right. Um, and so we kind of talked about his progression and what he needed to, to get so that he felt comfortable yeah. in terms of making a go of it. You've obviously passed the, the, what he was talking about in terms of a, a ranking and, and things like that. People might not have a good understanding of what you and you're what, 35? Is that right? 35 right now? 30, rank am I? Yeah. Uh, 32. 32. Yeah. What, what is that like in terms of the financial comfort that you have now? Because I still don't think it's extremely wealthy by any means, um, but I, do you feel comfortable financially? I would say 32, you probably, obviously I, I got to 32 at the end of the year. Yeah. So I haven't been there for a full year to kind of figure out how much you make as a 30. Yeah. Being ranked 32. Um, but I have, I've had it, probably last year was my, my best year. Uh, it was very good finan financially. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not struggling. I mean, yeah. you're probably, in, probably top 50, you're making good money, I would say. Top 30, that's where it all starts to get a lot better. Playing Master Series all the time, yeah. 500s. Um, once you're kind of in that top 30 mark, yeah, it's very tough. I wouldn't say very tough, because you could, it's tough to break out of that unless you have a terrible, terrible year. Hmm. Because you're having the opportunity week in week out to play for big points, right? You're gonna, you think you're gonna back yourself up to go big one week, um, if it's ever a master series or a grand slam. So, for me, my my goal this year is to get Ken to that level as well, because he's 55 at the moment. So we're together. We're in a bit of an awkward situation because we're not sure. gonna get into the master series together. Yeah. So, and also 500s. So, for me, 250, I'll be playing with Ken, and then I'll be probably switching around, playing with different guys to stay in that level. Because I don't want, what I don't want to do is miss out on the opportunity to play big tournaments, and then the guys below me come up, right, sure. overtake me, and then my opportunity's gone, then I get to play 250s all the time. Yeah. That would be terrible. For me, obviously, for my situation, and obviously on a money-wise, you're not making as much as you should be. Um, I believe that I'm at the top level anyway. I should be there. Um, I have the ability to be higher in the rankings, um, but you have to perform on the stage to get that ranking. You don't. You can't just say, "Oh, I, I have the ability to." Yeah. It's not. It's not easy. You don't do that. You have to perform on the stage at the right time to get the ranking points um, to be at that level. Um, obviously, coming into the Australian Open, this was my actually my first win at the Australian Open. I played it three times now and lost both times in the first round. Um, so I could s I can see it as a bit of a success, but obviously for my ranking to improve, I need to be doing better. Sure. So it was kind of it was a good week, but also disappointing in the end. It seems like that from from the way you just presented it there are going to be some weeks and possibly months where you have to make really tough choices when it when it comes to Ken. Yeah, very um, difficult. I mean, at the start of the the end of last year I was I think I was 34, 35 and 
straight after Vienna. Kim was getting texts. I was getting texts. Mm. Let's play next year. And people think thinking I was gonna split again because yeah. we were in different different ranking brackets. Um, as soon like as soon as pretty much as soon as I won the match, yeah, Ken got a text of a different guy saying, "Let's play next year because Neil's at a different level now. You're not gonna be playing with him," which is pretty bad for someone to do that straight away. Um, obviously, I had to think about it, um, but it was. It was it was an easy decision for me in the end, because um, you want to stick with family, um, and he he was the one that brought me up. He sacrificed playing with somebody else, top hundred, while I was eight hundred in the world. So you don't you don't want to leave him at a fifty, because I don't think he'd want to play with anybody else apart mm -hmm. from me. And I think if we did finish, he would stop. That's my that's what I think would happen. Um, but I. I I personally believe we can be much better in the rankings, especially Ken. Um, so I'll I'll do my best to help him out as much as possible. But when it comes to the big tournaments, I've got to look after myself. Sure. Um, which which will also help the team in the end because if my rankings improving, our combined is improving. It. Um those stories about you know people texting you, texting Ken, mm -hmm. that's, that's not unique to you guys, obviously. Uh, that, that happens all over the place. It just yeah. is it's a, you know, unique because of the fact that you guys are family. Um, I don't think people who are listening have quite an idea of how cutthroat and kind of nasty the doubles world can be. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it feels dirty a lot of the times. It is very dirty, yeah. <laughs> um, Luckily, having my brother, I haven't had to go into that situation at the moment. Um, obviously, at some point, it is going to happen. Um, but when I haven't, when I haven't played with Ken, there has been situations where I've asked people to play, and they've asked me, and then they've told me they've set, and then it's like they tell me who they're playing with, and then you look who they've signed in with. It's a totally different guy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of line that goes on, um, but every man's for themselves. At the end of the day, they they try and get the best of what they can. And yeah, but I'm not looking forward to, be, to it. There's something to be said for integrity. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I would. There's a lot of guys on the tour that you know you can't trust. Um, there's a lot of guys that portray it that they're, they're very nice on the court, but they're not. A lot of the guys, everyone knows. Who's nice and who's not? Yeah, he's kind of. You can you can tell, um, but then later on, they're the ones that will eventually get left behind because people will stop asking them to play because they don't they don't trust them. Hopefully, when I come available or the weeks that I do come available, people will ask me because they do know that I'm qu I'm very genuine. I will give them like a, an honest answer if if I'm going to play that 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 week or if I'm set. Um, because it, I mean, it will be tough to say no to some guys because you don't you, you don't want to lie, right? Um, sometimes it's going to be a lower guys asking you to play tournaments, and you're like, oh, what do I say? But I'm just gonna, I, I would I'd have to just say no. I can't. Yeah, I need to look out for myself. I want to <coughs> make sure that I get into the event. Um, so that's probably the. I think that's what 
I'm not looking forward to when Ken stops because I know a lot of the, the guys that, like a lot of the British guys who have chopped and changed a lot with doubles partners, hate that's, they will not miss that when they do retire in a couple of years. I imagine hearing this, your, your parents might listen to this podcast and I'm sure they will be incredibly proud to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, me, tell me about them, what it was like for you guys growing up um, and, and how, how they view you now. Well, basically, our house in Liverpool, I still live with my parents. Um, well, I wouldn't say live with them. I'm there <laughs> probably less than 50 days a year. Yeah. Um, so I kind of stop in a little bit. My mum does my laundry. Sure. Um, our, b- our house backs onto six tennis courts, Palmerston Tennis Club in Liverpool with six artificial grass courts. Um, so I grew up playing there with Ken. Um, probably, I think it was the age of three, I was walking around with a tennis racket hitting balls across the net at my brother. Um, but they've, they've done an unbelievable job. I mean, my, my dad was a semi-pro footballer. He was a goalkeeper for Aston Villa. Um, and my mum stopped working after she had Ken. Um, but they put so much effort into helping us where we are today. Um, they probably put taking Ken up and down the motorways or interstates, as you say, <laughs> in America. <laughs> Just thought I'd translate just in case you're listening hey, in America. I think we got it. Thank you. Um, up and down England, taking him to tournaments every, nearly every week, and putting a lot of miles, going to training. We were training like an hour away, probably four nights a week. Um, so they've done an unbelievable job um, to to raise not just one but two top well top class tennis players. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't say that really. Um, yeah, I mean my. My dad only has good intentions. Well, they both have good intentions for us, but our dad, he's our stringer when we go home. He's mm. he's sorting out everything, our money, and he he just loves watching us play. I mean, he, he probably has multiple heart attacks watching us <laughs> on the live scores. He listens to you quite a bit. I'm sorry. He'd, he'd, he was watching it um, yesterday morning. He did compliment your commentary. Oh, good, thanks. Because um, he... He, he recognized it from the, the ATP Challenger Tour in the States. Um, but yeah, it's I owe a lot to them. Um, they unfortunately don't travel that much. They only go to Wimbledon. Um, I would like them to come a bit more, but they, they do say, oh, we don't want to get in the way of you guys. Uh, you don't have your, your parents around you when you're playing. Um, we don't want to crowd your style. But we, we're always encouraging them to come and watch because it's obviously nice for them to watch us on the tour, watching other people, watching sure. the crowd clap us when we're hitting good shots, and we, me and Ken, do a lot, do owe a lot to them. I've taken up a lot of your time, and I'm greatly appreciative of that. Um, you, you took me to this little hidden area, this hidden lounge. Uh-huh. Don't uh, tell anyone where it is. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> Um, it, it's phenomenal that you found it, yeah. frankly. And now I'm going to just come in here tomorrow on my last day here yeah. in Melbourne. Stuck, stuck up on the ice cream. Yeah, no, I know. An entire cooler of Hagen dazs that's still full, probably <laughs> from the morning, because nobody else has been in here. Um, it, it, are you able to explore and appreciate when you are on the grounds? Obviously, you, you doubles doesn't generally get underway till Wednesday, Thursday. Do you do you try to do that and like sneak around and I don't mean to say sneak around but find some different areas and y- you have the 
as a double specialist, you can walk around the grounds without getting recognized all that often. So do yeah, you, very you take true. advantage of that? Um, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know about, I've been here probably 10 days now, and I was told about this by somebody else. Mm. Um, actually, the guy that I'm actually here with this week, um, he's a pilot, Mark, he, he found this somehow so he's uh he's the pilot found it he's the one that's sneaking around <laughs> um so he's he's found this nice little place uh, i was on this i was in here today 45 minutes on the the massage chair yeah which is looks like it should be getting used a lot more seriously um, should be in, it should be in a better spot than here because no one's come in here it should be in my living room you, should, you could take it i think you could Get away with it. Listen, you, you know what it's like on the Challenger Tour, uh, <laughs> how I'm doing seven or eight matches yep. in a day. That's true. You could sit in that court side. Oh, my God. I mean, like that would change that. my life. It would. Because some of the matches that you watch on the Challenger Tour, I think you, you do fall asleep sometimes. A Darucci. Let me see if I can do a good Darucci. Healthy sleep. Custom made. I mean... That ought to get me a chair, right? Official partner of the Australian Open. Official partner of the Australian Open. Yeah, I mean, that. I think both of us should get a chair. Maybe you. You have the a better voice for that, that commercial, not Yeah, me. but, I mean, listen, you are 32 <laughs> in the world right now. Okay. Um, yeah. Still struggling to get sponsors, mind you. I mean, <laughs> you've got all this Fila gear. Yep. I'm not, th I'm not thrilled with their kit for the Australian Open. I know. love it. I know you do. This is uh, the best yet, I think. Because my favorite color is blue. Okay. Um, even though I'm a big Liverpool fan, yeah. big red fan. Yeah. Because um, that's Man City color, no, correct? Come on. We will not talk about Manchester City right now. But that, I, I, I listen. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. obviously, at the moment we've got the big Premier League going on at Liverpool at top, four points clear of Manchester City. Yeah. Um, we've been in this situation before a few years ago. Um, what happened? Liverpool finished second oh. in the end, maybe even third. I'm not quite sure. I, I kind of forgot about it as soon as it po as soon as possible after the after the debacle that happened. It seems uh, like you've got some heartbreak uh, in some of your other sporting endeavors right now. I mean, oh the no. Saints today. That was incredible. That was horrendous. That's what happened there? Terrible loss. I mean, the the referees. I don't know how that wasn't a foul. It was a helmet to helmet and pass interference. You could uh, have called multiple penalties yeah. there. And they called none. I mean, at least the the league did say that it was. Yes, that uh, that helps you. That's yeah. great. That was terrible. I mean, even Ryan. I mean, listening to Ryan Harrison in the, in the player locker room, it's, it's how many a square hell of a day. did he actually break a racket? Because I, I've not. seen him break a racket. I, on he, I think he <laughs> may have one left, and he has to play doubles with it right now. Um, and then we had the obviously the game of the Patriots and the Chiefs um, that was on. That was a bit of controversy as well. With obviously the sec, the the overtime, and a lot of people were shouting back and forth in the locker rooms. Um, good to have both sides in those bit of atmosphere. Um, but yeah, I won't I won't be watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I imagine not. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, I mean, it was obviously a great season for the Saints. Just an unfortunate way to, to end it. Um, so hopefully that's not going to happen with Liverpool. Hopefully the refs sort it out. Obviously you've got VAR uh, coming in next year with in the Premier League. Um, I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> no, do I? 
I think it's maybe video assistant refereeing. Oh, okay. Um, so you can okay you can that works. You can go back and the refs can look if it was a foul or a red card, which right. would be great. Um, Somebody needs uh, NFL just needs to be able to do that. Like, you've got you could put a headpiece in in this the referee's the, ear. They've got so many cameras right on the pitch right now, or and then they can just tell the ref that's a foul. Um, Unbelievable. That, that that unbelievable call it changes everyone's yes changes well changes the outcome of the game the the Saints would have got the first and goal yeah they put Neil 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 field goal exactly sorry not Neil you not Neil, Neil right Neil, yeah. yeah okay sorry I thought you had a stutter then <laughs> um, but yeah it's uh, it is unfortunate the Saints have had a great year um, but yeah it'd be interesting to see who wins that Super Bowl Neil uh, you have a day off tomorrow I do yeah. I mean, you're going to get out in the city? I'm not or sure what to do, actually. Um, I haven't been in the city since I've been here. Because uh, I'm staying with the family yeah. right now in Caulfield North, um, which is about 20, 25 minutes away, um, the southeast of the city. Um, so maybe tomorrow, probably maybe practice early, and have a little wander around um, Melbourne. Do you want uh, a coffee recommendation? I'd love one. Black Gold. Black Gold. Robbie Koenig. Okay. Turn me on to that. Yeah. And that's a man who knows his coffee. Okay. So black gold tomorrow. Black gold is kay. the place to go. I'll go there just before. Well, just after I've had my lunch, and then I'll probably go take a few pictures. Okay. Around the city, some, I've heard there's some graffiti walls. Yes. To go take a pictures, and you may see a couple of Instagrams going up. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, I need to get my followers and <laughs> get them followers up. Uh, Key, which is your your Insta. N Skopsky. Okay. Go follow. <laughs> Neil, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on.